This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. This episode of Polygon's Quality Control is brought to you in part by Gamefly. Gamefly is the best way that we've found to buy and rent all of your favorite games. Don't waste money buying this year's new titles unless you want to. And what better way to find out than by playing them ahead of time. Just go to Gamefly.com, pick from their over 9,000 titles, including movies, and have them mailed directly to your door. Now, we've got a special offer for you here. Go to Gamefly.com slash quality control to start your free premium 30-day trial. It's going to let you get two games and or movies at a time. And the only way to get that offer is by visiting Gamefly.com slash quality control. Now, go sign up and start playing all your favorite games absolutely free for 30 days. My guest today is Guides Editor Dave Tack. My name is Charlie Hall, and you're listening to Polygons Quality Control. I'm joined today by Mr. Dave Tech, the uh, guides editor here at Polygon. How are you doing, Dave? Yay! I'm good. How are you? I'm awesome. Now, usually, if you're if you're a fan of quality control or previously Dave's beautiful mini map podcast, you know that when Dave and I get together, we like to talk about all things Star Wars, and that is on the docket today. Star Wars Battlefront Two, Dave. Mm-hmm, it's a video game. Let's talk about. Let's talk about that campaign. We're not going to touch on the multiplayer stuff today. There's so much going on there. Still evolving, that story. But I am the host of this program, and I really want to find out about this campaign. I've not had a chance to play it yet. Dave, where do you even begin? Well, maybe a little bit of background, right? Because the first Battlefront, so EA rebooted it in 2015 without a campaign, right? It was entirely multiplayer um and i you know if your experience charlie was anything like mine and everybody i've ever talked to about it like work pals home pals uh i think everybody was like super into the game for a hot minute i remember distinctly i remember distinctly shooting at a wall on hoth and remarking how beautiful the little smoke clouds billowed out of that laser blast and that was my that's my last memory of star wars battlefront yeah well uh i i think that's probably fairly indicative just anecdotally of 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 what happened to that game again everybody was in it into it for a, a hot minute and then everybody sort of stopped playing it um and when uh you know ea and dice the, de- the developer or one of three developers on this game um you know announced the the sequel two years later sort of the big news at at the announcement is that they were going to have a campaign and i think like i don't know the, i think the idea of not having a campaign seemed reasonable at the time at least to me like i wrote some of this in my review but 
you know, like uh, campaigns are sort of a single serving affair. You play it once, you move on. And for games like uh, Call of Duty uh, and things like that, you know, the multiplayer is what really gets players back into the game or keeps players in the game. Um, Titanfall, which I guess happens to be another EA property, uh, sort of did the same thing around the same time where they didn't have much of a campaign or the campaign was very much linked to uh, multiplayer. And then when both of those games got sequels, they both had campaigns. Um, Surprise. Yeah, right. I, you know, I, I mean, I think honestly, the way I see it in my mind is that I think campaigns are uh, on paper. They, they, it may seem like they have less value than they actually do. Practically speaking. Does that make sense? I, I absolutely agree. A great example is Gears of War, right? You would not have, in my mind, an attachment to the Gears of War franchise if not for that campaign. The multiplayer is fantastic, but I wouldn't love these characters in the same way without the story that goes with it. Yep, yep. I think that's absolutely true. And um, that's actually sort of the lens through which I looked at this campaign. Um sort of that halo or uh gears of war lens where like there's there's one disc right and part of that disc is the campaign and part of that disc is multiplayer and uh i, I don't know I, I i never saw uh either of those franchises like like putting one on a pedestal or not right there was this which has equal weight to this these are just two different parts of a whole and um in battlefront 2 uh, I'm not entirely sure that's the case. I, at least, no, forget that. Like, I, it, it, it isn't the case. The, there is not, <laughs> there is not, I don't think it's, I think it's fair to say there's not a super discreet campaign and a multiplayer experience. There is a, um, there is a multiplayer underpinning to everything and a campaign that people built around the multiplayer stuff. Now, you come back to this point again and again throughout your review, and you, you talk about how there's these almost these multiplayer speed bumps in the single-player campaign that you have to endure in order to move things along. I think part of that is, it, it, it's clear to me, I have no proof for this, but it's clear to me just based on observation that, like, the developers had a directive. So, you know, the, they had created these multiplayer maps, and the directive was, well, also use these for the campaign or it could have happened slightly differently where they developed the maps you know simultaneously so that they could uh you know appear in multiplayer and in in the campaign either and way why not you're gonna build a house you might as well live in yeah it. right like it's it, it's not again it seems like a reasonable idea like i said earlier about the not having a campaign it just didn't i think in both situations doesn't quite work out super well like i mean there are plenty of games don't get me wrong there are plenty of games that take parts of a campaign level and turn it into a multiplayer arena um but this is it strikes me that this is the opposite where they mostly took um multiplayer arenas and use them for the campaign sometimes it's fine uh and sometimes you can't even tell um you know, unless you're really looking for it. And other times it's sort of painfully obvious that they didn't have much to do or, or, or have a great way to use a particular map 
um, I, I, maybe we'll get into spoilers a little later uh, in, in this episode, but uh, so I don't want to say exactly, you know, where that comes down right now. But there are definitely places where it is super obvious and also not so great that they're just uh, uh, that they're using, you know, geometry that it was designed for one purpose for another purpose to not super great effect. But you also see in your review that Janina Gavankar and her character, they sand the rough edges off the campaign's less engaging parts. Like a highway toll, they're worth paying to complete an ultimately worthwhile journey. Tell me about Janina and her character, Aiden Versio. Uh, first of all, that's some good writing right there, Charlie. I just want to <laughs> pat myself on the back for that. Uh, Janina Gavankar is uh, amazing. Uh, I think in and outside of Battlefront 2, if they didn't have her, I mean, honestly, she's she's fantastic. And if if they didn't have her as sort of the grounding force in this, I think the game would be uh, a a lot poorer. I think the best she is the best thing about the campaign. Um, And she she effectively through her character arc um, gives a lot of. I, what I want to call emotional weight, if that doesn't sound dumb, um, to, to the character, um, which allows you as the player to invest in the story. Uh, she's, you know, she's tough. She's smart. She is at times conflicted. Um, you know, she's what she needs to be at, at sort of any moment. It, it, it certainly helps that uh, because the game, I mean, this is this is no surprise, but still worth pointing out that like the game is freaking gorgeous, just like it was gorgeous, uh, you know, in 2015. This is equally as gorgeous. I played it on PS4. The you know the game runs beautifully at 60 frames a second. It feels very much like you're in the Star Wars universe, whether you're at in places that you've seen in movies or places that you know they've sort of invented for the game it looks great and i I, I dipped into like the first 15 minutes of the campaign last night Mm -hmm. anticipating our talk today and dave you you, do you remember the uncanny valley Mm -hmm. remember how long we were there Mm -hmm. and how how much we wrung our hands about ever leaving it i think we're done now yeah because these were people in this game i was they were tight close up yeah. shots on their faces there was no shame in putting those fully rendered digital characters into this game and it is beautiful yeah right and like janina is a she doesn't just voice the character she's you know motion captured and uh you know 3d scanned in in the game and it looks like her it doesn't look like a strange or blurry or flat representation of an actress I knew and already liked. Like it is straight up her, you know, as that character in the game. Uh, and and that, you know, I, there's a thing I like to say occasionally when I talk about graphics, which is like, I don't think good graphics or great graphics can make a bad game good, but they can certainly, to my mind, make a good game better or, or you know, just give something an edge. And in this particular case, uh, having her be so believable and lifelike in her performance and in the way that, you know, she was rendered in the game, I think those things are just, they help. They help the story and they help the sort of immersion that that you would want when you're telling a story, uh, you know, and following a character. 
but also as a fighter, she is very capable and she has a very wide set of skills. What all will you be doing as Aiden Versio in this campaign? Uh, a lot of stuff. You know, basically the answer is anything you do in multiplayer, you're pretty much going to do in the campaign. Like you said earlier, you know, if you're going to build a house, might as well use all the parts of it, right? Like the, they were not, uh, you know, sometimes to its detriment, sometimes to its credit. Uh, Battlefront has always been, even before it was rebooted, Battlefront has always been about like, sort of giant battles and things that take you from the land to the air to space and back and um this the campaign is like multiplayer in that way where you can and will do all of those things as the um and you know the story will take you through um and, and give you excuses uh sometimes to hop into a vehicle or to just shoot your way through corridors or to sneak around or things like that so there is a um a sort of wide variety of things you'll be doing in the campaign, but it's not particularly different than what you do in the multiplayer. Although I'm not entirely sure that that is, uh, I mean, that's not out of the question for any game. Like, I'm, I don't know, think about uh, Halo or Destiny. Like, you're running around shooting bad guys in the campaign. You're also doing that. I know this is a great reduction, but you're also doing that in multiplayer or in the raid. It's just, you know, these sort of bespoke, um, encounters in places but generally speaking again to, to just like straightforwardly answer your question anything you do in multiplayer you're going to do in the campaign now dave i want to take some time in the second half of the podcast to turn spoilers on to talk about all those things that you were afraid to talk about in the review but before we do I know that a lot of folks are going to pick this game up. A lot of folks are going to dive into the Starfighter Assault. A lot of folks are going to dive into the multiplayer. Folks tend to bog down on the single player. What is the first point where folks are going to bog down and like inspire them to push through it for me here, Dave? Where's the first low point and how do we get past it? Uh it is, uh, I want to say it's in the first sort of third of the campaign when um, uh, there's this sh sort of shift in perspective story-wise, and what you get to do isn't, um, it isn't bad, it's just not particularly fun, uh, but the good news is that it isn't very long either. Um, like, you're, you're, you're essentially going to take a, a break from mainlining the story to go do something else for a little bit um and uh that that isn't as fun i think and this is true to my mind throughout the campaign it isn't as fun when you're sort of diverging or diverting away from the sort of mainline story but they do those things tend to be fairly quick you know if you 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 have a mission that isn't that doesn't quite follow the last thing and then does something else. Uh, those are, those do tend to be the weakest parts of the the campaign, but they also don't tend to last very long. So you're going to get back on track as, as soon as they're done. Some cryptic guidance, but <laughs> guidance nonetheless from Dave Tack. Thank you, Dave. We are going to come back. I do want to talk about all of the spoilery things in the game at first, a quick message from one of this week's sponsors. This week's episode of Polygon's Quality Control is brought to you in part by the art of shaving. 
none of our other advertisers have had as big a daily impact on my life as the art of shaving has. I use it every day and I absolutely love the experience. What I love the most are their four elements of the perfect shave. I start with their signature pre-shave oil. Then I work in a rich, foamy lather with one of their badger-haired shave brushes. I wipe those whiskers away, and then I replenish with their after-shave balm. The Art of Shaving offers a convenient replenishment service now that's going to let you save on your favorite products while never having to worry about running out. Now, our listeners are going to receive 15% off their first order and free shipping by using the promo code QUALITY at checkout. Just go online to theartofshaving.com, use our special promo code QUALITY, to get that 15% discount on your first order and free shipping. Visit theartofshaving.com for this special offer, or if you're more into the personal touch, head on into a local retail location for an individual consultation. Thanks again for joining us on this week's episode of Quality Control. I'm joined today by Guides Editor Dave Tack. Dave, how are you? Wonderful. And we are talking about Star Wars Battlefront 2. This section of the podcast is spoilers on. We are going to spoil the campaign. So if you've listened this far and you have not played the campaign or you don't want to be spoiled, eject, eject, <laughs> eject, get out of here. All right. So Dave. Yes. I am going to play this campaign, whether you spoil it for me or not. Okay. But I just, I got to know. Mm-hmm. I got to know mm-hmm. what's happening in this campaign. So you start out as Iden Versio and then the second Death Star blows up. Uh-huh. Okay, that happens in like the first 20, 30 yeah. minutes. They're looking up at the sky, her and her three-man team, mm-hmm. boom, it's all over. She's like, fight on. And I, I expected her buddies to just look at her and go, what? Uh-huh. But they do. It, yeah. Incredible esprit de corps. Where does it go from there, and where is the turn in this thing, yeah. Dave? Where is this moral conflict that you're alluding to? Let's go right there. Uh, it comes at a point when, uh, the, the soldiering on part, you know, the, the emperor is dead, the second death star exploded. Um, but that doesn't mean that, that, well, let me say it this way for parts of the empire, the war is not over, right? Like everything didn't turn into peace and love and understanding and happiness. Uh, you know, the day after the second Death Star exploded. There are uh, remnants of the Empire who are still out there, still fighting, and uh, and Aiden is part of those remnants. Um, and in her uh, travels, I, I guess I would say, uh, they bring her at, at one point to her home world, where she, uh, where her orders are clearly in conflict with her morals, her ethics, what she believes to be right. And uh, this is probably the point at which the story gets actually like straight up good Uh, because, you know, there's this core team of Inferno Squad, which she's part of, and, um, you know, they're fighting in lockstep and side by side for the Empire for the first part of the game, which I have to say is a little a little weird not terrible like you know not but it's weird in the sense that anybody with a passing knowledge of star wars would understand that everything you're doing is for the bad guys like you're killing the good guys and not thinking about it like the game does not confront that in any way for a while 
Like, I shot a lot of yeah. beautiful women on a on a Mon Calamari cruiser yeah. with a in a grubby little brown vest yeah. that looked an awful lot like Princess uh-huh. Leia. It felt bad, Dave. Yeah, right. Like it's 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 uncomfortable. And like I think you can make an argument that that for the story to have impact ultimately, that's not a bad thing. Like you have to go out and you have to do the things and you have to embody the character if there's going to be some sort of twist, if there's going to be a a narrative arc that takes you out of it. But it does the game doesn't confront that at the very beginning like you're just what the the first level is actually a pretty good example of of how this works where um it sort of teaches you at the very beginning how to use your little droid who's strapped onto your back which Mm -hmm. it's like a little uh uh, probe droid almost kind of thing with the legs that hang down very sort of looks like the uh like the pit droids uh Mm -hmm. the, the pit droids from um uh episode one in the Padres, but the, mm-hmm. the it's it's a neat mechanic, a neat idea. Like you can deploy this droid to do things, um, and and in the first few minutes after you take control of Aiden and have the droid with you, you can be sneaky and stealthy and do things. And like the game teaches you how to do that. And I thought, oh, cool, because I'm a bad guy and I'm not super into being a bad guy. Like I'll do it, but I'm not super into it. And I'd like to be as on like the on the scale of bad i'd like to be the least bad possible um and you can do some stealthy sort of non-lethal takedowns at the beginning uh but that is only a thing that you do at the beginning like the game pretty quickly takes you to a point where it's not you can't send out your droid to zap everybody like you don't have enough charge or power for that and the only way to i guess you could probably just charge into a room and try and like melee everybody, but it's not, that's not how the game wants to be played based on <laughs> the way that they designed the levels, you know? I will subdue you with some blunt force trauma <laughs> right. for, the, for the empire. Yeah. Uh, right. And also, I mean, even if you, if you did that, like why that wouldn't make any sense for her character, right? She's not interested in, she's interested in protecting the empire and what the empire, what she believes the good things that the empire stands for. She's not interested in like, being nice while she escapes from a ship to save her own life um so yeah there's you know there's sort of a lot of that over the first few levels uh some diversions which i think we should probably talk about next and then we get to the point where she's on her home world like i was talking about earlier and it's clear that the orders that she has are not great like they're gonna hurt civilians and this is not this does not line up with what she believes uh, the ideals that she has been fighting for are it's a little late for a sort of road to Damascus come to Jesus uh, uh, moment like after many years after the Alderaan incident it's a little weird that she goes well now that it's at my house I'm going to change my mind now that it's my planet uh, but it's not you know I mean it's not inconceivable that she would either sort of pick and choose the ideals that she believed in for the empire or that she would, uh, you know, change her mind when things got weird at her home because her home made her see it in, in a, in a different way. And at that point, the story does what I was certain without having any knowledge of this, but certain would happen, which is that even though all of the sort of marketing for the game talked about you playing as a, as a badass imperial. Uh, you don't stay a badass imperial throughout the game. 
Like, have you seen how many Kylo Ren action figures are still on the store shelves, Dave? Uh-huh, uh-huh, They're uh-huh. not going to put the dark side up on the screen for that long. We all uh-huh. knew this was coming. Uh-huh. Right, right. Like she has to, she had to make a turn. And I think that they do a pretty good job, maybe not an airtight job, but a pretty good job of making her, uh, of, of making her decision understandable and credible. It is, however, uh, really quick. Like the, 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 the time span, it feels like between her saying like, hey, maybe everything I've ever thought might possibly be wrong. And then from that to like, I am flying an X-Wing now is very quick. Like, wow, not, okay. not, not entirely unearned, but sort of abridged or they used a, a truncated uh, or storytelling. Like there's a, there's a lot of, um, I don't know. It's it's a video game, so I think this is a challenge. You don't always have enough time or all the time you might want. Uh, although I don't know that that would be different in a movie. But, like, you're trying to sell a turn, and the turn happens quickly. And then what happens after the turn is that she starts fighting for the good guys, but the good guys have to accept her, and that ha- that process is very quick. However, to to its credit, they put her fate in the hands of, of, of uh, uh, what I called a beloved Star Wars character in the review, but I will tell you now, is Lando Calrissian. Oh who, yes, who says at a yes! certain point, like like they they there's the uh, what's the the term of art for this is uh, hanging a lantern on something, like in a story, in a novel, in a movie, in a TV show, when something seems sort of outlandish, the 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 term is that you hang a lantern on it, where you basically give voice to somebody who in the audience is saying like, wait a minute, why are they doing this? And if you put the, wait a minute, why are they doing this in the mouth of a character? Um, you know, it sort of sands off uh, some of those rough edges. And basically Lando says like, somebody in effect says, uh, why the heck are you doing this? And Lando says, well, I'm a guy who believes in second chances. And, and in, in one line, it was like, oh, that's, uh, that's actually really clever. Because I it love it. Yeah, I love it's, it. It's a really smart decision. Also, have to say, Billy D. Williams totally does the voice for Lando. He does which not. Is, which is amazing. Yeah. No. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I'm very impressed that they yeah. were able to bring Billy yeah. D. back for that. That's fantastic. Uh-huh. Well, here, uh-huh. you, you've you've kind of assuaged some of the fears that I had because I was afraid it was just going to be, let's throw Han and Chewie into the breach and let's wrap Aiden Versio up in the warmest Wookie hug that we can. And I was worried that Battlefront 2 was going to have that, um, the the quantum time-traveling Han Solo problem where he shows up mm. everywhere all the time. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry to disappoint you, Charlie. No, no. That's great. Uh-huh. Now that we're talking that we're bringing some oh, no. Lando love oh, into no. the room, oh, that no. works for me. No, oh, what? I I, I'm not saying that Han Solo isn't in this because he totally <sighs> is. Yeah. Okay. Um, this is, I think these are the weakest parts of the the campaign. I talked earlier before the break about the diversions that they make, and and I was using that as shorthand for, you know how when you're playing multiplayer in the first or second battlefront, and like, I don't know, you build up a number of points or whatever you do, where you can basically cash them in and become a hero for a little while, like, mm-hmm. you know, you're not just a grunt, you're like, you're Luke Skywalker, or you're Princess Leia, or you're Han Solo, or Boba Fett, or whatever. Those are... I have, for two years, I've had this thought in my head, which is like, it is much more interesting in theory to be a Star Wars hero than in practice to be a Star Wars hero. Like, 
I want, it feels, it feels logical to make uh, Luke Skywalker a thing you have to save up for in a specific match and then cash in all your chips and go wreck stuff as Luke Skywalker. That makes sense on paper. In practice, it was never a ton of fun to be Princess Leia or Luke Skywalker, you know, like in the multiplayer stuff. I know people may disagree with that, but it just never struck me as like as interesting as being or as fun as being the even the grunt faceless grunt characters you were playing as. Mm-hmm. Um, and in Battlefront 2's campaign, uh, they do a lot of that. Well, not a lot of that, but they, they periodically do that perspective shift where you play a mission as a Star Wars hero. And those are uh, almost invariably the worst parts of the campaign. Oh, I am. Wow. I like, I like, uh, you know, I, I like Iden Versio. I, I am invested in her story, but then we sort of take a pause and it's not as if the, 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 those pauses or those diversions are completely disconnected from the story, but like, I don't know. It's, uh, they're much less interesting. Um, it, it, certainly from a gameplay perspective than, um, than, than playing as Iden. Uh, I'll g- give you the, the first example. The one I sort of alluded to earlier is, uh, I believe it's the first one. Uh, the first perspective shift is that you play as Luke Skywalker and you're basically on a planet where you're fighting off many stormtroopers, which is what you would do if you were Aiden or, you know, they'd be rebels or whatever or mm-hmm. later in the game. And the point is the, the standard enemy types in the game, except this time you're Luke Skywalker and you have a, a lightsaber. And the truth is like, it's not nearly as fun to play to, to like defeat periodic stormtroopers with a lightsaber as it is with a gun. Most of the time, like in a shooter, it turns out the shooting is best. Um, hmm. You know, like, look, there's a stormtrooper 30 yards ahead of me. I'm just going to keep running while I get shot. And it's no big deal because I have a lot of health uh, until I get close to them and like pull the right trigger and slash them. And they're dead. Like, it's not. Oh, that's interesting. It's just not. It's not bad. It's just not very good is the problem. Oh, but you had so many of those, I think it was Dark Forces, those games where you, where the, the lightsaber play was such a big part and was so much fun in the game. And here it sounds like it kind of falls flat or is not implemented well. Well, it's, yeah, I mean, it's just not, I don't know. And I guess in a shooter, I, I would rather be shooting and the diversions aren't, aren't, aren't as interesting as the stuff that the game is sort of built around. Gotcha. And I'll, I'll give you like. The, the way that it doesn't work so well is like, well, that's okay. Like I, I'm not super into this, but it's, it's fine. And I don't mind being Luke Skywalker. That's pretty cool. But then they tend to like the Luke Skywalker level ends well, with a story beat, um, like in a cave, the little cave system where you, you and an NPC are, are hanging out. And like the NPC has to like work on this piece of machinery while an invisible timer counts down. And you are Luke Skywalker in the cave and you have to protect him. You've seen this a thousand places in a thousand games, right? You have yep. to protect him while the invisible timer counts down, which is fine. Except the, the what they did was they, they, it, well, you weren't fighting stormtroopers or whatever. You were fighting uh, bugs. 
like this this planet's bugs and the bugs would like spawn and sort of fly and crawl at you and your job for i don't know five minutes maybe uh is to use lightsabers to hit bugs while the invisible timer counts down and then after he you know the npc like fixes the first machine you have to go over and clear away the second machine so that he could fix it and you can do it all over again so video gamey video game stuff but with luke skywalker right right and like you know what would have made that sequence a lot better dave hmm. is if instead of bugs it was foxes made out of jewels all right sure what are you talking about (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, I'm talking about one of the newest character reveals for Star Wars, The Last oh, Jedi. Oh, oh, Have you yes. not seen this yes, jeweled fox yes, that's yes, out I'm there? Yes, <laughs> this is all my way of teasing, Dave, the upcoming episode that we've got of Quality Control, where you and I, also Ben Kachera and our entertainment editor, Susanna Polo, are going to get together to talk about that new Star Wars movie when it comes out. I'm so excited to see this and then talk about it with you. Yeah, buddy. Three years running. So it's going to be a special extended two-part episode of Quality Control coming in December. Dave, it's been awesome to talk to you about Star Wars Battlefront 2 today. Thank you for spoiling it for me. But I don't want it spoiled anymore because I want to go and play the campaign now. Thank you so much. Yeah, before 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 I go, let me just say that like t- two things. Number one, uh, we didn't touch on really the gameplay at all, but it is identical to what you would see in multiplayer. So there's not much to talk about. If you know anything about Battlefront gameplay, it's just that in a single-player campaign. The other thing is um, the story pays off in uh, in a in a pretty great way. Like, even though there are the, like, there's a weird beginning and, like, a truncated uh, switch or conversion, by the end, uh, you can forgive those because, it, 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 like I said, it pays off in a big way. In fact, it may pay off in a it hints that it pays off in an enormous way that is kind of surprising to me. Um, Really? Yeah. Yeah. And like, this isn't, mm, yeah, well, maybe we'll talk about that (laughs) when we talk about the movie, frankly. Oh, wow. uh, But yeah, like there's more to come, I think in this, uh, in this campaign Uh, and more to come with the story uh, of, of Iden Versio. And again, Janina Gavankar is awesome. And I would love, like, she does not need to exist in a video game alone. And I, I have a, I have a suspicion that she's destined for more than that, which is super cool. That's fantastic to hear. Thank you so much for the time today, Dave. You're welcome. Thank you. There is plenty more to read about on Polygon.com. We've got a lot about Star Wars Battlefront 2 and the multiplayer. I spent a good long weekend playing Starfighter Assault and have thoughts and feelings on that. Of course, there's an entire half of the review that we didn't even get to, and that's the multiplayer covered by our Owen Good. And we will link to the review in the show notes. Until we've got another game to talk about, this is Charlie Hall for Dave Tack. Thank you for listening to Polygon's Quality Control. Media Podcast Network.